yet. Take your seats! Please, God! Line. Can we just go back, please? Can we just cut? Can we just cut? I am killing you. And the Oscar goes to Leonardo DiCaprio. Hello, you're listening to a very special episode of Classic Movies Live. That's right, today it's not actually technically Classic Movies Live. This is our new show, Classic Movies Live presents Losing It Over Leo, Mm-mm. a series in which we are going to review basically the entire filmography of Leonardo DiCaprio. I only say basically because there is a chance that we won't have enough time to go through every single one but we're going to see at least the majority of them yeah which i am not complaining about because he has an amazing filmography here why don't you uh, already why don't you tell us a little bit about leonardo dicaprio intro this series for us uh leonardo dicaprio is uh a 45 year old man <laughs> who uh was um i guess he, he started acting from a very young age uh he was in i think as, as we'll see. Wait, sorry, what? Oh, I was going to say, I think the movie that we're going to talk about today, which we'll get to in a minute, I think he was only maybe 18 when he was in this? I maybe, think maybe younger. Yeah. Maybe 16. Um, he was a very built 16. He was very tall for a 16-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He was pretty tall. Um, but yeah, he, he gained notoriety with films. Uh, well, basically just Gilbert Grape, right? And then, <laughs> or what? What, what was the movie called? Who? Which one? The one today? Gilbert Grape. No. Yeah. Uh, what's Eating Gilbert Grape? What's We're going to talk about that one Grape? soon. Yeah. So he gained notoriety with that. And then I think a few years later, uh, Titanic came out, which was his big breakout movie. Uh, obviously, like literally being the biggest movie of all time at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for many years afterward. Yeah. It, t- it t- took nine years or... 11 years for that title to be broken um mm-hmm. in which he plays a ro- uh, a romance a romantic thief who uh and this that's really shot him into superstardom where he was the teen heartthrob of the 2000s and everyone loved him but then he i think he really uh showed his well like unlike other teen heartthrobs in my opinion he showed an, an insane amount of talent as he kept shooting very challenging roles and being very picky. Um, yeah, he he wasn't content to be the teen heartthrob because these first what I'm calling uh, what I'm calling early period Leo. We've got five movies I think coming up, mm-hmm. and in these five movies, he's he's a young, attractive guy. I actually have a um, I actually have a book sitting around somewhere that a friend of mine gave me as a joke gift about like it's a it's from the '90s. It's like gossip book about how hot Leonardo DiCaprio like 80 pages of just Leonardo DiCaprio find it I'll read some pages from it if I can find it it was literally like I want to say the Justin Bieber thousands I want to say I don't know if he was no either uh definitely the 90s I wouldn't yeah maybe the 90s um but yeah but I think a lot of people really would underestimate that as a good-looking guy. He's going to drop off. He was even a teen star, a child actor, right? But he just he yeah, turned he, out. He was in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, we've, that's. So when, once we get to our mid-period Leo, we get very challenging roles. Roles aren't challenging because even as far as uh, go, he's very much not a character in any of these. He's he's really yeah. he's 
he's always like a very charismatic character, stuff like that, but he's never to cliches necessarily. Even no. this first movie we're going to talk about, he's got his role's very good. Not only is he very good in it, it's it's quite a it's quite the role actually. Like yeah. he's playing a pretty diverse character. Yeah, yeah, that's a, like he. I guess, I guess the biggest thing is he never plays a two-dimensional character. Mm-hmm. His characters are usually very challenging. He never plays like the straight man, or like at least too often or anything. So yeah, it's, the the mid period is I think really really started to catch. Um, he started working with Scorsese, um, mm-hmm. and um, and oh, Spielberg once I guess. Um, but Scorsese I think was his big his big get for the big time with. Gangs of New York, The Departed, The Aviator, I believe, was the same with Scorsese, yeah, right? Yeah, and then, and then Wolf of Wall Street. He had four Scorsese's. Yeah. So we're going to uh, be oh, talking Shutter, about... Shutter and Island. Shutter Island. Yeah. So what's going to happen is, over the course of this series, Martin Scorsese is going to become the person who's appeared on our show. The- Probably. You could, you could say his work with Scorsese really, really brought him down to a, a huge dramatic actor, in my opinion. I would um, say so for sure. Yeah, and then there's the the 2010s for Decap. I think he he started to let loose. Um, he's a huge variety of directors and really I think challenging himself in a so lot of different ways. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I think the, what's interesting about the uh, 2010s in the 2010s he it's sort of when I was watching movies actively at that uh, I was sort of thinking. Leonardo DiCaprio wants an Oscar. So every single year, he'd be in like five movies. Well, not that many. He'd be in like two movies every single year, both of which could have won him an Oscar. Yeah. And all of which, all of which were like Oscar frontrunners, and about half of which actually got nominated, and none of which got him an Oscar until the very last movie that we're going to talk about, yeah. which people can guess at this point. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I think overall he's really improved always as an actor. Um, I, the only faults, I'm surprised he was able to survive. What is that Romeo and Juliet movie? Like, I couldn't believe he was in that personal. I haven't but, seen that, that one. That's actually the first one I'm really excited for. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a Baz Luhrmann movie. And I know that Baz Luhrmann is, uh, I guess, kind of controversial. But I really, really like The Great Gatsby. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to see both Romeo and Juliet, which I have not yet seen, and The Great Gatsby, which I've seen too many times. Yeah. So. Well, I, I'm surprised he honestly took on The Great Gatsby. If I, it, it feels like a very, very odd movie out of like the the movie he's been in this decade. At least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like it's, it's Gatsby. That's if true. If someone yeah. thinks you're good for Gatsby, you should probably pick Gatsby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, we're, we're going to start the series off by looking at his first... Is it his first on-screen appearance? appearance? This, no. It is, it is his first... Uh, theatrical... It is his first ever starring, theatrical movie, yes. Starring role, yeah. Theatrical and star. interestingly enough, uh, we probably won't talk about this part too much because it's not really Leo-related, but interestingly enough, this is the first... Um, this is the first named role for Tobey Maguire as well. He doesn't play a very big role in this movie, but it's the first movie he's been in where he had a name. It's his second movie ever, but it's the first movie where his character had a name and he had lots Yeah, I, I was honestly so surprised to see him in there. And yeah. If I had to guess, this was probably Toby's, like, this is where he, because him and Leo are notorious friends from what I've seen. Um, that, this yeah, might be the yeah, movie probably from met. this movie. Yeah. Probably. Um... Yeah, anyways, let's get into it. The first movie is so, This Boy's Life. This Boy's Life. I have already forgotten the name of the director of this. Uh, uh, it was someone... Michael Caton Jones. Michael Caton Jones. Okay. He didn't um, really go on to direct anything else. Big, so what I, I will, big. What I would like to say about this movie, though, is that it had a surprising cast. Uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't necessarily like stacked. It mostly just had two or three big actors. But uh, we've got Leonardo DiCaprio, who would eventually, obviously, become the subject of our series and therefore the biggest actor in the world. Uh, 
And also, Robert De Niro plays the, the antagonist, which is it, that was so strange to me. His Leonardo Leonardo's first on-screen appearance is directly in con- like his antagonist is Robert De Niro, who plays his role so perfectly. By the way, yeah, the role of the mean stepfather, not kind of a stereotypical role, but it might not have been at the time. I'm not sure. Well, but also. Um, but also, as you had mentioned, this movie kind of defies a lot of those stereotypes. Uh, but I guess before we get into that, do you want to really quickly describe what this movie's about? Sure. So This Boy's Life is pretty basic. I, I was kind of confused at the start, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio is a boy of, I, I want to say he's like 14, maybe 15. Um, I, think, I think he starts out at about 15 and then by yeah. the end he's graduating high school so he can't be younger that makes than sense. 17. So it was over yeah. I think it was over a period of at least two and a half years. Um, yeah. But from what I can tell they the mother has an abusive husband and they run away. They both they together they run away um to Seattle, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they were initially, but they run away to Seattle where the they live in a shared woman's home um that was kind of a dated concept i wasn't sure what was going on there and then well this uh, movie also takes place in the 50s i suppose we should probably make that's true yeah it was see that's why i was confused i it was a 90 movie made in the 90s but it was placed in the 50s and i was like i was honestly thought it was still the 90s when i was watching it i was just very confused i don't know why well there was nothing uh, extremely 50s about it. no um, especially because a lot of it took place in like a kind of an isolated town, so mm-hmm. uh, it seemed off. But yeah, so uh, and then eventually she, the mother, meets Robert De Niro, who um, and they start dating, and then eventually uh, the mother, DiCaprio, move in with uh, Robert De Niro and his family, and they essentially live together. Yeah, the movie ends. It's 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 basically them living together, the, this entire family, and adapting and all the the right. And so, obviously, the main characters here: Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. DiCaprio. We're going to talk about him a lot right now. And Robert De Niro is uh, so he plays. She um, marries. And his introduction is as the dopey stepdad. He comes in, he's fawning over her. He's making really dumb jokes. Drinks a tea that he knows that she made this tea. You know, you all are lucky to live in the same house. As yeah. Her. Just... Uh, he, he doesn't actually say it, but he gives her uh, hardly work, working hard or hard. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen our, our our onwards episode, he's the same character. At the, he he comes across as this dopey stepdad, but then as soon as they move in together, he gets really possessive. And this movie is actually a like very hard movie about domestic uh, domestic abuse. I wouldn't say necessarily that much domestic violence, but that comes up too. So yeah, um, and uh, uh, I. Robert, well, okay, I, I guess, I don't know how to say it, but just, like, that's basically the entire, that, like, there wasn't really a plot, in my opinion. Um, it felt more like a movie where you just kind of observe life, you know? Yeah. It, 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 was, it was a very real movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of interesting because, like, this is, uh, I'm, I'm just, I don't know why I keep, Keep making this comparison in my head, but I should probably say it so that I can actually, so that people know, know what I'm thinking. I keep thinking about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and comparing him to, I think his name is Dylan Hinshaw, the dude from from the Maze Runner. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, so I keep maybe. comparing. Maybe not. Um, let me. The guy from the Maze Runner, anyway. I keep comparing the two. And. Uh, Dylan O'Brien, 
And Dylan O'Brien's big breakout role was this huge blockbuster that's stupid. Maze Runner is awful. But, um, so like we've got, we've got child actors come into a big, big blockbuster role. That's their first movie. And then they continue to do blockbusters until eventually they hit on like an actually good director and go from there. I don't know if Dylan O'Brien's ever going to do that. But like there's, there's just my counterexample. But Leonardo DiCaprio comes straight out the gates right into an indie movie that has nothing going on. Yeah. But honestly, he played it so well. He was amazing mm-hmm. in this role. I couldn't. Yes. I like child actors usually expect to be like kind of pretty rough. Um, I, I can't remember. I think the best child performance I've seen was like recent in re- recent memory was Jojo Rabbit. Uh, but even then, that was very iffy. Like it only worked because the movie worked with the bad acting. If that makes sense. Um, um, I I would not agree. I think Thomas and Mackenzie, the girl who played the Jewish girl, was very yeah. good regardless. Okay, that's fair. Uh, well, I guess... But, um, but I get what you're saying, because you were probably talking about the guy who played Joe. Yeah, but I don't know how old DiCaprio... When was he born? DiCaprio was 18 or 19 at the start, uh, when he filmed okay. this movie. Probably well, I guess, 18. I guess he was technically an adult, so it's not fair to judge him as a child actor. Uh, not really, but the same thing kind of applies. In some ways, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so he... He just did, like, by far, like, um, he really carried the movie, in my opinion. Because, again, like, it's it's more of a character study. Like, no no plot going on. So if you can't buy into his character, the movie doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to buy into all the... Because he, he actually doesn't really talk about his his mental state that, that much, I think. No, it's a lot it... of physical acting. Yeah, it's, it's very implied because he'll talk about a lot of things to a lot of people, but you never get him talking about, like, he has a little bit of narration at the beginning and the end. But other than that, he's, you know, you, what you're getting is he's talking about what's going on. He's never talking about how he's doing. Yeah. So well, it's very, it's all implied. He lives a very uh, sheltered life. Or not mm. sheltered, isn't he can't. He's living in a, a world where he can't really express his true self. Yeah. Um, and I guess the movie does kind of play with that because he, when he's with his friends, the friends he makes aren't, aren't really the type of friends he wants, but he just kind of attains them and that they're, they're very, they're very vulgar. They're very, they don't really have any aspirations for life. Um, yeah. But then, uh, Leon, Leonardo DiCaprio. I guess I should call the character by its name. I his name is uh, Wolf, right? No, Jack. I mean, it's to- it's is Toby. It Jack but he's, or Toby Wolf. He's he's called Jack is like his nickname or something. He right. doesn't want to be called Toby. Yeah, because if you take out a couple of the letters in Toby, you get Jack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, Jack. Uh, he can't be himself around his friends and he can't be himself at least at home once he lives with Robert De Niro because uh, the, the house is always under threat by him so he can't really be himself when he's at home either. Yeah. He, he has to be repressed. The only, the only person he can really be himself around is his mother but also only when there's no one else around because him and his mother are prisoners in this house. Yeah, and then his mother also... <laughs> Throughout the movie, does not really want to hear him complaining. So no, she like the... for, at one point she like throws something at both of them and is like, "I will not be the judge." Yeah, which is like violently trying to stay out of conflict. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So that's why like he they it, the movie really needed a good actor for that role. Mm-hmm. I think he nailed it. I there was never a point where I didn't. By his character, it's really it, it it is pretty impressive that like because I I recognize him as an established actor still, and I know this is like the kid version, but like I honestly can't find any like flaws with him. I I, I do still see the character, even though yeah, I, I know him and he's a kid. So imagine like him as a nobody that makes it even better. I think at the time, yeah, 
because like throughout this entire movie, I kind of never saw him as Leo because this is not, this isn't, uh, I don't remember the guy's name. This is Candy from Candyland Ranch from Django Unchained. (laughs) Not even close. Yeah. It's nothing like any of his other roles, even, and he plays it so perfectly. Yeah. And he still acts like Leo too. That's a, that's what I find weird about Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, he has so many different characters. Honestly, there's I think he he lets a big part of his like not personality necessarily, but like his his quirks kind of leak mm-hmm. in. Um, like there are I don't anything specific, but there is a there is a certain he talks and acts that I can through to the character all the time. But then assume I still see the character, if that makes sense. I, or like something yeah. I don't notice very often. It's really hard to describe. The closest I can think of is imagine it departed. He talks like that in this, but he doesn't talk. It's technically not even close to the same, but like well, you, the, the cadence, the tone, it all seems the same. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Um, he had to play a very vast amount of emotion. Like, again, because he was a very repressed person, there were just layers of emotion that he was hiding that you can see within him mm-hmm. that, um, that yeah, he has to do thing. Um, what else was there? I guess his, like, I think his chemistry with all the, all the characters was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he worked really well with, like, all all different types of people, uh, in the movie. Um, I can't. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about his act? It's just great. Um, about Leonardo DiCaprio's act. Yeah. Not not immediately. I kind of do want to. I don't. I don't want to neglect entirely the other actors. And no. So I just sure. wanted oh. to say that uh, Ellen Barth was to me, like, honestly, all three of the leads. So Leonardo DiCaprio. Robert De Niro, Ellen Barkin, all three of them were incredible in this movie. Ellen Barkin was his mother, and she was. To, you said Leo carried the movie for the carried the movie. Okay, maybe not. I don't carried. disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree. But like, if there was any actor that stood out more than anyone else to me, it was Ellen Barkin. Mm-hmm. I thought she was incredible as the mother. Yeah. I mean, by yeah. this point, she was an established actor. So it's so it's hugely impressive that Leonardo DiCaprio holds his own against it. Yeah, not really against, but still. Um, but she was she was awesome in this. Yeah, uh, like it was the same thing with her character, where she was probably even because she didn't really get any lines at all, any scenes at all, where she expressed her her emotions. No, she was because... actually she was actually in the movie. Qu- comparatively very little to Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, but again, yeah, with Leo's character, she she never gets a chance to, like, monologue this stuff out or, like, talk about it with other characters. It, it all comes through physical acting, which I think It all comes really through well physical too. acting, and it primarily comes through her conversations with Toby uh, or Jack, Leonardo DiCaprio, specifically mm. Because she doesn't interact with any other characters except, you know, the people in that house. Because she's basically not allowed to leave the house. No, the character. Yeah. The static character. Uh, but yeah, yeah she played Le- it really well. Yeah. Because Leo gets the opportunity. He, uh, we see him go to school and we see his friends. And uh, I guess the, the one of his friends that I still wanted to talk about. Um, gosh, what is his name? Is it the one he calls a homo? It's the one he calls a homo. The guy who... Yeah, Jonah Blackman. Jonah Blackman, okay. Yeah. Um, He is very good in this movie. I've never seen him in anything else that I know of. Yeah, it's true. He plays a character who, if he's not gay, he's gay-coded for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just like a smart kid who kind of doesn't want to be around that town but is sort of stuck there yeah we also well i guess he like he ends up liking it in the end or he embraces it i don't know yeah i thought that was kind of weird honestly 
he did actually leave at some point because at the end they have an outro where it says what happens to all the different characters and i think he eventually went to paris and became like a successful something oh i see but yeah so I, he I did leave he actually like whenever he was on screen i thought he like his he really owned whenever he would own the the scene if he was in yeah for sure he's a very charismatic um, uh, person well he had the, he had a hell of an intro because uh, he comes by Toby and his friends, and Toby's friends are bullies. So Toby also is a bully because he fits in with his friends, and they're just trying to get him to make fun of this kid. They're like, "Say home, say he's a homo," and then he's like, "The kid comes in. Uh, what is the guy's name? Jo- so it's Jonah, whatever his name, is, but his character Gale, is Gale. Arthur Gale." Yeah, so Arthur Gale comes in, and he immediately starts shit talk. Like, he is a better bully than all of the bullies, is his introduction. Yeah. Which is like, I thought that was a cool twist on things, honestly. Yeah, I was like, oh man, this is the alpha bully. What have you gotten yourself into, Toby? (laughs) Yeah. And then they end up becoming good friends, and he's a really good character. Like, as you said, he owns every scene he's in. Yeah. Honestly, it was I thought it was a really refreshing take on like a character, like a a, a a gay character, I guess. Um, yeah, because I guess well, we don't actually know. They left it relatively ambiguous, but, but I like either way. He's definitely gay coded. Yeah, but I they didn't make it. Um, it wasn't the like focus a of the movie. Trade. Yeah, yeah. It was like it, I I was honestly expecting like the him being possibly gay to like end up pissing off Robert De Niro's character or something and it being like a huge part of the movie. Um but they just but in- they just kinda like give some hints here and there. They don't commit to it. And I love that because I, I feel like there's lots of pressure, at least nowadays, like if you put in a um a a gay character that they have they either you have to really embrace that or don't show it at all. If that makes well, sense. Well you even have to I feel like, and now it's a little more that, but at the time, maybe not fully at the time, but back in the 90s, if, if you put in a gay character, you have to either not show it at all, or that character is somehow like extremely flamboyant and probably evil. Yeah. And which, I like... Uh, like, doesn't make sense for this movie, but I'm also glad that they didn't go with any of those routes. They just sort of... It was there... And it wasn't really, it was, wasn't really hidden, but it was, it, it wasn't the focus either. Yeah, like, I, yeah, honestly, like, it, eventually, it, all that mattered was he was Leo's friend, and, like, the sexuality yeah. thing was kind of dropped. Which well, I- yeah, his defining trait was that he was smart, a smart kid. That's really all that Leo was friends with him for. Then, smart he and would also, bring up... I think they got right? along. I think they were genuine like they seem more similar more than... did i say that was all that he was friends for i yeah that... I, yeah <laughs> that's not... they did get along <laughs> that's yeah that's so mean i was like oh poor gail um but yes uh, his character was really good um i thought i mean i guess we i guess the only real main one we have to talk about is really uh, yeah who was this movie is based by de niro and DiCaprio's relationship. Yeah, and he was, I guess, at this point, I thought he fit the character a little too well, honestly. He was kind of scary. He was really scary. I honestly just saw De Niro when he was acting, so now when I see De Niro, I'm just going to see, like, an abusive father, unfortunately. Yeah, because, like, I'm like, oh, this is the guy from Taxi Driver if he he was also the guy from Meet the Fockers. When... Yeah. <laughs> and he is. Yeah. Uh, which I, I don't know. I love, I love how he, he, I guess, he was a really De Niro role. I don't know how else to say it. Like, that he is true. Like, so like himself. Yeah, because I mean, De Niro has is done i would say de niro is probably best known for his mafia roles or like italian american mm-hmm. and i don't even know that he was playing an italian american and 
he came he gave off the same energy like he's playing the same person that he does really well but yeah. he's playing a character that he already knew very well yeah i i would say it's kind of like he he's kind of like playing like a wannabe gangster if that makes sense like a gangster mm-hmm. that like never really got to be one and just kind of yeah, slowly faded cool off into insignificance exactly uh, i guess he played it that way too cuz he was like <laughs> like a mob leader but to his own family uh which you know i i think really worked really well for the role um kind of it was really heartbreaking to see because essentially the movie is robert de niro abusing a family emotionally and and sometimes slightly well i guess it it gradually got more physical as the movie yeah it it never it never graduated to like full-on regular their physical abuse but it did graduate to being physical yeah so and i think i think kind of the most the most heartbreaking subtext of this movie is as you see um this relationship develop and we see more of robert de niro's character uh what we also see is his two older kids disappear from the movie entirely yeah i thought that was weird yeah, clearly this is not a dude who's changed. He's been a bad dude for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, so I, I, I was kind of surprised because at the start, I, I was like, okay, I, I guess I liked his slow evolution, like the layers slowly unraveled. Because of, of, at the start, he's kind of just a corny, dorky guy who yeah. seems to be trying too hard to get laid. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's what he's going for. And then as the relationship progresses, and then she, uh, they meet, their families come together, so they go visit him in Concrete, where he lives, from mm-hmm. Seattle. Uh, and they spend Christmas together, I, I believe. Uh, he, he is, again, kind of the same thing, but then this time he shows some layers of passive-aggressiveness um, because I, I think we see the behavior towards his his own kids, which was uh, pretty hard. And then, uh, and then there's that scene where the, the Jack's mom um, outshoots him in the 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 turkey shoot. For, or, is that what it's called? Turkey shot. I, don't I know. think it was the turkey shot or some, or the turkey shoot or something. Yeah. And he's at the table and he makes a big speech. He's like, guys, do you know what happened? today do you know what's going on in here and then you're expecting it to go one way yeah and he goes i'm sitting at the shot i'm sitting at the table with the best damn shot in concrete and it's like oh i don't know if that was meant as a compliment i I thought it was genuinely a compliment well it was a compliment but then like you can't tell it was a little, it seemed a little backhanded because at the same time, while it was, while it was a genuine compliment, he was only saying it because he was really, really butthurt about it. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so yeah, so my initial impression of that scene was they, they were, he was going to get into a huge argument about it or start yelling mm-hmm. at her. Um, but then, yeah, when he said that and he, he twisted it, I thought he was slowly learning how to be a better person <laughs> gosh i uh, wish that that was my take from that scene so uh, again i if this was a regular hollywood movie at least nowadays i would expect this to be going on as in he starts off a little weird and then um and a little off-putting but then you get to know him and then you're like oh he's not such a bad guy and then they bond and then he changes and jack changes and they both become better people and they become a happy family uh, i don't think that would be a movie that would make very much money probably not but i mean in a movie about abuse actually well like me that's what meet the parents is i guess you're not it. wrong actually which, which is obviously more comedy based but uh that also features robert de niro in a fatherly figure role um but yeah so Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. Never mind. Okay. Um, 
yeah, but then they took it the complete other way. And then he, he just kind of gradually gets worse and worse. I like how they showed, they, they did add some layer of why he was like this. It wasn't just straight up, I'm evil. He obviously, mm-hmm. you could tell he was a very just insecure person. Um, yeah. There's lots of mentions in the 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 script of, he, he mentions uh, the the true father to, to Jack and how he's like a, a really rich guy and he sounds really jealous about that. Um, yeah, which is so weird because Jack doesn't even know this guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so. Jack did kind of idolize him, but also in the way that you idolize like, I don't know, a Greek god or something. It's someone that's completely out of reach. You'll yeah. never meet this person. Yeah, so it doesn't doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but then I, I kind of wish they took a little more of a subtle approach because in the end, he just does outright get violent. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it was more, I guess, subtle. Like You could kind of get behind his reasoning because I thought they had a good balance of he's really harsh, he might mean well, even though what he's doing isn't right. Right, he has decent intention, and didn't work out for the best. Like he's trying his best, you know. I'm actually going to disagree with you here on that. I think they should have, because I don't think this is the movie for that. I, it was always only explicit at the end, like the physical violence before the very, very end of the movie. But also, I think it needed to happen there because the movie you're describing, what you're saying, where you get more subtle and his reasoning, I don't think that's what this movie is. In a domestic conflict movie like this, it's a to swing that. And I mean, kudos to anyone who can, but that gets the point across quite the same way. Yes, it definitely seemed like the director's intention was to portray like uh, what a mother or what the mother has to go through in order mm-hmm. to make sure that her child can thrive and like live essentially. Um, yeah. And that uh, if that, since that was the focus, I guess I'll, I'll say you were right because um, it definitely, that was definitely the through line of the entire thing. And it, it worked out really well. Yeah. And actually on that note, what I think is interesting is that the um, there's lots of foreshadowing that this is not going to be a good relationship from very early on. First of all, like we kind of see him being controlling at the dinner table, but also mm-hmm. early on when Leonardo DiCaprio is talking to his mom about why she's marrying this dopey guy, she specifically says. I'm doing it because I can't move around anymore. I don't have the energy to move around anymore. And that's a paraphrase, obviously. But at the same time, that's what she's doing. Is She knows at that point already that maybe this is not the best decision, but she's tired of looking for the best decision. Well, I think it was so honestly already... the only decision in her case. Yeah, kind of. So you already have at that point that like, Maybe this isn't a maybe this isn't true love at first sight or anything. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not much, but it's already sort of foreshadowing that this guy I mean, you know going into it, the moment Robert De Niro is introduced and Leonardo DiCaprio thinks he's a bit you're like, well, probably this is not a movie about the two of them learning to get along and play baseball. But at the same time, like I like that they're sort of planting those seeds yeah, which they, I think they did. I like, I like the part with the the Boy Scouts. That was a potential bonding thing for the. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of. It was get, also. It was a little back and forth where you were, you were hoping, oh, this might be the thing they bond over. Uh, but then, yeah, they get kind of the emotional whiplash. Of... Well, what was funny about that? So the the scene we're talking about, if you haven't seen the movie, is uh, they, uh, Robert De Niro. God, what's his name? Dwight. Dwight enrolls Toby. In, uh, in the Boy Scouts. And Toby's like, okay, cool. I'm in the Boy Scouts. And Dwight joins the Boy Scouts as well. Like, I guess as a counselor or something. Uh, but he joins the Boy Scouts as well. And like, solidarity. They're going to do this together as a father-son. And Dwight gets a 
gets a uh, uniform that is far too small. So he looks like he's got like really short short. He's got really short arms. Uh, well, not arms, sleeves. And Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Toby, gets a uniform that is way too big, which I thought was a really interesting dichotomy because like the, the sizes were such that they probably actually could have switched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they easily. Uh, that was anything, that's so funny because Robert De Niro said that looked like it was made for a kid. It was like, too, it was too tight and like. <laughs> Meanwhile, know, just... Leonardo DiCaprio is wearing this suit that looks like it was a like it's originally a rain jacket. <laughs> yeah, it was like I now that it was probably literally just like Dwight Dwight gave him his old uniform and bought a new one. <laughs> Yeah, that probably. probably yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? That's so, that's so, like, hilariously evil, if that makes sense. I don't... Kind of, yeah. So, like, it could have been this cute bonding moment, but it's sabotaged right from the outset by Dwight being selfish and wanting to wear short shorts, I guess. Yeah. That's the thing. It kind of gave you, like, hints. It gave you hope. You were never very... I, I think through... I, long enough through the movie, you were like, okay, they might work. And then you just yeah. kind of, kind of like the mother maybe, actually. You just kind of slowly lose hope in this in this entire thing working out eventually. And there's lots of, yeah, there's lots of those moments because there's another moment where uh, Dwight gives, um, Dwight buys a dog for Toby, which seems like a really cool gesture. And then you find out that in order to buy that dog, he sold Toby's gun, which is like the thing that Toby likes most in the world. And then just saddled him with this dog that he now has to take care of. So it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a nice thing, except that in order to do it, you did, did a really mean thing. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> okay, I, I should be laughing, but some of that, some of that stuff was just so stupid. Like, why why are you this petty, you know? Um, yeah, it's weird because Dwight goes from a dopey, silly stepdad to a still really dopey, dangerous domestic abuser. Because, yeah. like, uh, through, the, the through line is that he's actually dopey the whole way through. Even his attempts at, like, even his attempts at either bonding or, like, getting revenge at his stepson are still really dopey. Yeah. I don't know what they even are at that. Like, they could be either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And so, yeah. I, I, I guess... Hmm. They do really specify he's not exactly the smartest guy. He, he's very immature. Um, yeah. About some really silly things. Uh, which, which I think also helped the movie. But yeah, o- overall, i just say, like... I, honestly, it was a very different... In my opinion, from what I've seen, it was a very different type of movie. Um, it didn't, it didn't, yeah, resort to like. I, I don't even. I guess there was character progression for DiCaprio. Oh, um, there definitely was, and there definitely was for Robert De Niro as well. Yeah, but say, in the other way, I would say, uh, yeah, I would say Ellen Barkin doesn't get that much character development. She still does, but she doesn't have to. No, her her development is. Essentially, someone that has some hope in the world to someone that has, um... and then at the very end, just a little. Yeah, which was nice. I really love the ending. The ending is them escaping. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much all the ending is, and it's really nice for that. It was nice. I think you definitely feel a sense of relief with them. I noticed they left the the daughter, like the stepdaughter, with the dad. <laughs> I feel really bad for her. Um, Although, luckily for her, the stepdaughter didn't seem to suffer the same way as everyone else did. No. I still did, I, I did feel really bad for her, because especially, like, the few... The few in Barkin's character, the mom, has... Who is not Robert De Niro or Leonardo DiCaprio, is with the daughter, and then, and they bond really well. Excellent on-screen chemistry, first of all. First of all, but they just like all of their interactions are really cute. Like getting along, they just work really well 
and she kind of just abandons her, which is a shame. Like, you yeah. can understand why, but it kind of sucks. Yeah, I did find that. I guess they didn't really have any legal right to take her. Oh, absolutely but, not. But, um, so I guess it was, it was really, so it still did feel a little bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I was honestly surprised how much, how movies. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting much. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the end, I wouldn't say it was like, but it was definitely like, on emotions watching it, which is definitely a good sign. Um, I, I, it was pretty well paced. There was, I don't think it ever really dragged that much. The start was no, a little really. slow, um, because I was confused as to what was going on. Uh, but I, yeah, there was nothing like, I wouldn't say the directing really stuck out specifically. Um, it didn't feel like a very cinematic movie, honestly. No, it felt uh, it felt very either like TV movie or early '90s family drama, which I guess it was. It was. But all of those movies that I have seen have had sort of the same feel directorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna get into that next week again with Gilbert Grape because I already watched it and it gave me very much the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, this movie I, I definitely say was made by the actors. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought like the script. I guess the script was honestly pretty solid too. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very. It was despite like, I think it was extremely unconventional um, in terms of structure. So I thought, I thought that really uh, it was it was impressive how much is said between the lines um, through the characters' actions and uh, and uh, yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, just a very very solid movie. I don't think I'd want to watch it again. But, uh, well, it was a ride. It was an emotional ride. I don't know if I explicitly said it at the beginning of the of this episode, but this is not really my kind of movie. I I also agree. I wouldn't watch it again, but I am glad that I watched it. Like it is a very mm-hmm. good. I yeah. enjoyed it very much. And yeah. also, I don't think that Leonardo DiCaprio and Ronald and uh, Ronald. Robert De Niro have ever been in the same movie. Yeah. So until, it was really interesting to see uh, until... Until um, The Departed, was it? I don't know, because that was Jack Nicholson. There was one There was one movie. Okay. Uh, I'm sure anyway, we'll get to it. Eventually, yeah. But, um... I, oh, oh, dude, I wanted to say one last... Oh, I loved how um, it really... Sh- showed i thought it was a very good look at the type of life like it was a very aggressively masculine movie like toxically masculine um it really showed how uh, i don't know how how accurate it was i can only make a guess because you know i wasn't alive in the 50s yeah but it really really showed the family dynamic and what was expected of people at that time um, through through the family at least, I thought mm-hmm. that was amazingly well done, and it really, I guess, it was hard to watch because, uh, um, because I I don't know. It's it's funny how a lot of the this is kind of getting not political, but like it's funny how a lot of the time we're like, oh, the fifties were like the best time of our lives. Like America was like great, and like we can't why can't we go back to the good old. But then you watch a movie like this and you realize how far we've come and not just terms of like economic growth and stuff, but, and, and technology, but just in terms of social, social dynamics where, uh, it looked at least in this movie, it was like, from what I could tell, it was expected that the, the father would have complete control over a family. And, and that was just fine. Yeah. Yeah. That was very normal. And it was like, mm-hmm. uh, they, they did they touched very subtly on things like the the mom was a, a member of the NRA and she she knew how to use a gun and she was her being able to do that was was not recommended at all and people looked down on her for it. Uh, so little things like that where you just realize how how much things have changed and it's really I thought it was a really eye opening experience too in terms of that. Hmm. Um. Yeah, actually, 
I guess to like kind of end this off in general, that's sort of a, that's a trend that I've quite enjoyed in recent years. Um, I think it's especially become more prominent in the 2010s because with, with things like uh, the show 112263 or uh, even Doom Patrol to some extent, just mo- shows that kind of portray the 50s and they show that idyllic thing that everybody liked and then also show how it wasn't that great mm-hmm. or how it had its there or how it had a lot of flaws and i guess mad men too to some degree that's a slightly different era because that's the 60s but still um and yeah i just I, I like that because i've never bought into the idea that the 1950s are the were the greatest time that ever happened and i really like when you know movies and tv shows are able to show how far we've actually come from that from then i don't think i'm adding very much here but i agree with you is what i'm saying no that's a good point yeah i i think because uh, it, it's really hard for this to come across i think actually in like a documentary sort of sense this really puts you in 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 those footsteps or mm-hmm. in, in their shoes and you get like the full you kind of get the full experience without actually experiencing it uh and because you do feel a connection to these characters, I think unlike a documentary, you take it much more personally and seriously. Well, uh, that's important too, because the connection that people feel to the 50s, where they think that the 50s and the 60s were the greatest time in American history, is a very personal connection. Mm-hmm. No documentary could even touch on that, mm-hmm. because how, how would it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I overall, yeah. Again, I like the movie. Would not watch again. Rec- yeah, I, I recommend it though. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I would also say if you watch this movie, maybe continue with the next Leonardo DiCaprio movie, which came out the same year. That is What's Eating Gilbert Great. We're going to talk about that um, when this comes out, probably next week. Yeah, exciting. All right, and that is, I believe. Uh, just a little teaser. In Gilbert Grape is, I believe, the only time that Leonardo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp have been in, in the same movie. Really? Could be wrong. Johnny Depp was in that movie. Yeah, Gilbert Grape. Well, now I am very excited. <laughs> yeah, it is, and he's very. Like, if you had seen this movie, you would know that Johnny Depp was. Yeah. All right. Sick. Um, we're going to be back next week to talk about what's eating Gilbert Grape. And until then, uh, this has been Leo uh, by Classic Movies Live. Figure out an, an, an outro and an intro for this. It'll happen. Yeah. Excited. All right. See you next time. Peace.